0: Today we are talking about having two milligrams of faith. Two milligrams of faith. Now, this may seem like an odd sermon title. It may seem like an odd sermon subject. Well, just humor me for a moment. You may be wondering, why two milligrams? I mean, two milligrams doesn't seem like a lot, does it? I mean, it's a very small, insignificant amount, you would think. Uh, So, for example, two milligrams of hair, all right? How much is two milligrams of hair? And again, this would probably be like, Maybe my hair, not my wife's hair. My wife has long hair, and it's very thick, and I have very thinning hair. Um, But uh, my thinner hair, uh, probably two strands of hair is about two milligrams. Okay, two strands of hair is about two milligrams. Or or maybe two milligrams of sand. Uh, About uh, each grain of sand weighs about a milligram. So you're looking at about two grains of sand makes up two milligrams of sand. Or uh, salt, for example. Um six grains of salt is weighs about two milligrams. That's amazing, is it? Just six little grains of salt weighs two milligrams. Or sugar. Two gram two grains of sugar make up two milligrams. Uh finally a grain of rice. A single grain of rice is weighs about two milligrams. That doesn't seem like much, does it? I mean surely you could not eat a, a grain of rice and be satisfied. You could not be filled on a grain of rice. Uh, if you ate six little crystals of salt, it's not, you could barely even taste that. Or perhaps uh, two grains of sugar, you wouldn't be able to taste, you'd barely even be able to taste that. And two little hairs, I mean, honestly, it, it's going anyway, so it really doesn't make that much of a difference, does it? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So why all this talk about two milligrams? Well, I want to share another thing that weighs two milligrams with you, and that is a mustard seed. A mustard seed weighs two milligrams on average depending on the size of mustard seed but on average they weigh about two milligrams it was in jesus's day it was the smallest known seed to humanity it was the smallest seed that they had and yet it's amazing because out of this tiny seed grows a very large bush very large tree um but if you can look at this tiny seed you can barely probably even barely see it on the tip of the man's finger there uh that tiny little seed uh jesus uses it to make a very big point and he makes a very big point about faith uh, when it comes to mustard seed. And that's why we're talking today about two milligrams of faith. Now, we're continuing in our message series called Dealing with Doubts. We've been looking at stories of people in the Bible who had doubts and fears and worries, and they had very little faith. And that's exactly what today's story is all about. We're talking about stories of people who uh, had doubts in, in God. They had doubts in their, in their own faith. Uh, doubts in Jesus and His resurrection, and so that's what we've been talking about for a couple weeks now. We're going to continue on through up through Resurrection Sunday, uh, and then uh, Resurrection Sunday we're going to begin a brand new sermon series called Face to Face, and that message series is going to be all about people who had one-on-one conversations with Jesus. So if you've ever wondered, You know, what would Jesus say to me if I could meet him one-on-one, if I could talk to him face-to-face, what would Jesus say to me? You might find yourself in one of those characters that we're going to talk about uh, starting on Resurrection Sunday, on Easter Sunday. Um, You know, sometimes we find ourselves full of doubt. We find ourselves full of doubt, and we find ourselves lacking in faith. Um, We don't feel very strong in our faith in God. We don't feel very strong, and the good news is, is that we're in some really good company. There are people, the Bible is full of people who had moments of weakness, who had moments of doubt, who had moments of fear, who had moments of very little faith, including in today's story. Uh, today we're looking at a story from Matthew chapter 17. We're going to look at verses 14 through 21. So if you could grab a Bible, either one you brought or the one in front of you, we encourage you to bring your Bibles. But if you didn't bring one, that's why we provide them. So grab your Bible, turn to Matthew 17, 14 through 21, and grab your bulletin and uh Turn to page 3, to the handy-dandy outline. We're going to fill in some blanks in just a few moments. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about this story, about Jesus casting a demon out of a man, out of a young man, uh, and the faith that it requires to do great things for Jesus. Now, in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus gave his disciples the authority to heal diseases and cast out demons. Look at verse 1 in Matthew 10. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits, and to heal every disease and sickness. And then in verse 8, it says, Jesus told them to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. That's in Matthew chapter 10. Well, later we get to Matthew 17, and in the beginning of Matthew 17, we see Jesus take three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John, and they go up on a mountain for what is known as the transfiguration. This is when Jesus' appearance was transfigured Uh, he's his face his countenance was changed uh, and he had a meeting with elijah and moses and elijah and moses show up to encourage and to strengthen jesus as he's entering into this final phase of his ministry as he's entering into the last days of his life so jesus is there peter james and john elijah and moses they're all up on this mountain for this incredible event known as the transfiguration when down below uh, at the base of the mountain The nine other disciples are down there, and things are happening. Things are going on down there with the other nine disciples. Um, But while they were up on the mountain, Jesus uh, heard his father's voice. God's voice said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And God gives his uh, declaration of favor over his son uh, for all that Jesus was doing and all that Jesus was going to do when he would go to Calvary and die for our sins. So... Like I said, Jesus is up on the mountain with three disciples, of Elijah and Moses. They're having this uh, little uh, event called the Transfiguration. Down below are the nine other disciples. And uh, like I said, things are happening. A a father brings his young son to the disciples because his young son is having uh, issues with seizures. Um, He was demon-possessed, and that manifested itself in seizures that would cause him to throw himself in the fire Or to throw himself in the water. Basically, this demon is trying to kill this young man. And the father is heartbroken. The father is terrified. He is worried about his son. And he has no control over this situation. Like I said, his son would throw himself in the fire. Would throw himself in water and try and drown himself. This demon is trying to kill this young man. And the father doesn't know what to do about it. So he brings his son to Jesus. But Jesus isn't there. Jesus is up on the mountain. And so the nine of the disciples attempt to cast out this demon from this young man. Uh, the problem is they were unsuccessful. Look with me at Matthew 17:14 through 21. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed from that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you, Jesus says. The disciples want to know what they did wrong. What did we do wrong? Why couldn't we cast this demon out? I mean, you gave us authority to cast out demons, and yet we can't do it. Why couldn't we cast this one out? And Jesus replies, it's because you have so little faith. You have so little faith. Now, there are two things that may have caused the disciples to have little faith, a little faith in God, at least. The the first is... Uh, The disciples might have gotten big heads over previous victories. That in times when they had been able to cast out demons and, and had been able to heal the sick, that the disciples may have been just full of pride thinking, you know, we got this, we can do this. What's a little demon? No big deal. We can take care of this right now. But they forgot where their true power came from. They forgot that the true power comes from God. The second thing is that they might have doubted their ability to cast out the demons since Jesus wasn't with them. But either way, it's a misunderstanding about faith and the power of faith. Jesus tells them that if they will believe with faith, even the size of a mustard seed, just a tiny little mustard seed, then they will be able to move mountains and that nothing will be impossible for them. It's amazing, isn't it? Just a tiny amount of faith and they can move mountains and nothing will be impossible. Well, let's talk about three different things that I think we need to learn about faith from this uh, story today. The first thing that we need to know about faith is that great faith is not about us. That's the first blank on your outline. Great faith is not about us. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about us. You know, the disciples may have taken the gifts that Jesus gave them for granted. They may have thought, you know what? We have cast out demons before. We've cast out tons of demons. We can do this one just fine. We can take care of this on our own. We can do this. We got this and their faith was misplaced um you know they may have thought to themselves why can't we do it again it's not a big deal jesus gave us the power to cast out demons to heal diseases you know and and honestly it must be because we're so great it must be because there's something special about us you know we know what we're doing uh we are jesus's closest companions we are his best buddies we're his good friends and obviously he sees something special in us and therefore you know we can do the same thing you know um and sometimes, you and I, we do this same thing. We think to ourselves, I got this. I can handle this. I've got the faith in myself to be able to do this. I can take care of this problem. I can take care of this situation. I can do it on my own. You know, uh, I've got to make this happen. I have to do this. I have to do it by myself. And sometimes we may be tempted to think, I need to believe in myself. I need to have faith, sure, but i got to have faith in myself. I have to believe in myself. I am the one who has to do this. Uh, If I believe in myself, uh, I can do anything. I can overcome temptations if I believe in myself. I can provide for myself if I believe in myself. I can beat this addiction if I believe in myself. I can make a difference in this world if I believe in myself. If I believe in myself, I'm going to be okay. I can do this because I have faith in myself, because I believe in myself. You know what? The problem with that thinking is that it is completely self-reliant. And completely self-absorbed. It's all about the self. It's all about me and myself and I. And what I can do and what I can accomplish. And everything that I can make happen. But see, the problem is that goes against what Scripture teaches. Scripture doesn't teach us to believe in ourselves. Scripture teaches us that we are to deny ourselves. That we are to take up our cross daily and follow Jesus daily. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about myself. It's not about yourself. We have to believe in Jesus not in ourselves. Let me say that again. We have to believe in Jesus, not in ourselves. Apart from Jesus, we have no hope. Jesus gave his life up for us. He gave up his life for us. And if we have to believe in him, and if we will believe in him and repent from our sin and confess our faith and be baptized, we will be saved. We will be forgiven from all of our sins. This, to, this doesn't come from believing in ourselves. If we could do it without Jesus, he wouldn't have had to come. If we could do it without Jesus, he wouldn't have had to come. He wouldn't have had to die for our sins. And since I I know that he did come, and because he did come, that it was necessary that he come. And because Jesus came, and because he suffered, because he died, and because uh, he suffered on the cross for our sins, that our sins are forgiven. And that God raised him on the third day and brought him back to life. We're going to celebrate that in a few weeks when we celebrate the resurrection but Jesus was brought back to life by the Father, and he appeared to hundreds of people, and they saw him alive, and now he, he, he ascended into heaven, and he reigns at the Father's right hand forever and ever and ever, and he is coming back, and he is going to come back to take us home, to be with him, so that we will be with him for all eternity, and it will never ever end. We will always be in the presence of the one in whom we are to put our faith. We will always be in the presence of the one in whom we are to trust. God raised him from the dead. He is coming back again. But see, great faith, it's not about us. It's not about you. It's not about me. You know what? Great faith isn't just about, it's not about us, but great faith is not about size. That's the second blank on your outline. Great faith is not about size. It's not about the size of our faith. What did Jesus say? We have to have faith the size of a what? Size of a mustard seed, two milligrams of faith, right? If you have just two milligrams of faith, you can move mountains. If you have two milligrams of faith, nothing will be impossible for you. Jesus said, just two tiny milligrams of faith, two little hairs worth of faith, two little grains of salt, grains of sand worth of faith, faith, two grains of sugar worth of faith, uh, two, uh, six grains of salt worth of faith. It doesn't take a lot of faith to move mountains. But see, we may be tempted to think that I've got to have huge faith. I've got got to have huge faith in order to do anything great for God. I have to have huge faith in order to make a difference. As a church, we may feel like we have to have huge faith uh, in order to reach more people for Jesus Christ. But you know what? We tend to put our faith in the wrong things. We'll put our faith in people. You'll put your faith... Don't put your faith in a pastor. Don't put your faith in an elder. Don't put your faith in a deacon or a ministry team leader. Don't put your faith in a celebrity Christian that's on TV or a celebrity preacher on TV or on the Internet. You know what? i got news for you. Guess what? Pastors, elders, preachers, teachers, we are human. We are human. And you know what? Pastors, elders, teachers, preachers, ministers, we do human things. We do boneheaded human things. Absolutely. And I do boneheaded human things. You know, and people are like, "No, but Sean, you're a pastor. You're supposed to be better than us." I do boneheaded human things. I will be honest, I completely uh missed the mark and and I'm a, I'm a sinner just like you. We're all in the same boat. I just get to get up and tell you and I get to get up and preach about God's word. That's that's my that's my vocation. That's what God has called me to do. But it doesn't make me a super Christian. I'm sorry. Uh, If I'm taking myself off your pedestal, that's what I want to do. Because I don't like being on a pedestal. Because there's nothing great about me. It's about the one who's in me. He is the great one. Amen. Thank you, Donna. But you know what? Here's the thing. You shouldn't strive to be like another person. You should be striving to be like Jesus. That's who I strive to be like. I want to be like Jesus. So don't want to be like your pastor. Don't want to be like one of your elders. Be like Jesus. He's the one to we to whom we are to look. He is our example. We are to follow him. I want to be like Jesus. You should want to be like Jesus. He is our example. He is the one we follow. So don't put your faith in a pastor. Don't put your faith in a minister. Don't put your faith in a teacher. Don't put your faith in an elder or a deacon, a ministry leader, another person, your spouse, your children. Put your faith in Christ because that's where it belongs. You know, as a church, we might think, you know what, if we put our faith in programs, You know, if we put our faith in programs, we'll reach more people for Jesus. Not true. Well, just because something works down the road or something works in another church in another part of the country doesn't mean it's going to work here. That's putting our faith in the wrong place. Our faith does not belong in programs. Our faith belongs in Jesus. Or maybe if we have more studies. Yeah, if we have more studies, we'll reach more people for Jesus. Not necessarily. That's, again, putting our faith in the wrong place. I mean, those things are well and good. They're very good to have programs and studies. But you know what? If our faith isn't in Jesus, then they're going to be unsuccessful. It's not going to work, and it's going to distract us from our true purpose. And if it distracts us from our true purpose of loving God, loving others, and spreading the gospel, then we are going to fail. You know, we can't put our faith in people. We can't put our faith in programs. We might be tempted to put our faith in budgets. Let's put our faith in the dollar. You know, if we have more money, then we'll be able to reach more people. Oh, that's true, okay, so we need you to give more. No. If we put our faith in budgets, rather than the one who provides, then we are, we are going to fail miserably. Because that's not where our faith is. Our faith is not in our budgets. We have to be good stewards of all that God has blessed us with. God has already blessed us. Now we need to be good stewards with what he has blessed us with. And when we are good stewards of what he's blessed us with, then he will provide more. But if we're not going to be good stewards, if we're going to waste the, the, the things that God has given to us, and we're not going to be good stewards of what we've got, then why should God give more? Does that make sense? So we need to uh, we need to realize that we have been blessed, that God has given us all that we need, and we need to be good stewards of it. See, great faith is not about the size of our faith. It's not about having more faith in more programs or having more faith in more people or having more faith in more money or having more faith in more budgets, more faith in more studies. No. Great faith is about our great God. That's the last blank on your outline. Great faith is about a great God because that's what it's really all about. Great faith is about a great God. The disciples' faith was misplaced. They couldn't cast the demon out. They either either they believed in themselves too much, or they didn't believe in God enough, and they doubted their ability without Jesus. But either way, they got it wrong because their uh, their faith was misplaced. And you know, we get it wrong too. We get it wrong, believing in God, believing in uh, believing in Jesus. Uh, with if we don't have great faith in Christ, if we don't have great faith in Jesus, then we're not going to get it right. You know. As a church, we have to—we get it wrong because our faith is misplaced. It, it's, we got to believe in the one who gave us faith in the first place. We got to believe in Jesus. We got to believe in God, our, our great God and heavenly Father. It is about believing in God and believing His promise to always be with us. Believing His promise to never abandon us, to never leave us. Believing in God and His power to make us more like Jesus, that He is the one who can give us the power to be more like Christ. It's about believing God and His presence with us in the midst of the storms of life. And when we're going through the ringer, when we're going through the hardest days and through the toughest times of our life, that God is with us. And He will never leave us. He will never abandon us. He will never forsake us. That God is always, always with us. The very name of Jesus, Emmanuel, literally means that God is with us. He is with us. He will never leave, never forsake, never abandon. It's not about believing in ourselves. Great faith is about believing in God and a God who can do the impossible. And not only can he do the impossible in us, but he can do the impossible through us. He can use a tiny bit of faith to do amazing things. The key is to remember who is behind it all. It's not about us. It's not about you. It's not about me not about glorifying ourselves he doesn't use us to fill us with pride as though all of our accomplishments and everything is is all about us and about our abilities and about uh, who we are and, and what we can do you know if god spoke through a donkey in the old testament he can speak through you and me it's true and that's what he did uh back in the old testament balaam's donkey you know he spoke told balaam this is what god's will is why do you keep hitting me You know, if God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through us. But it's not about us. It is about God and his glory and his honor and his kingdom. It is about being surrendered to Jesus and being willing to believe in him and be used by him. This whole thing, this whole thing, everything we do as Christians, everything we do as a church, this whole thing is about Jesus. It is his church and we are his people and we are serving him to glorify and honor him. This whole thing is about our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's not about building a name for ourselves. It's not about our church or our church's name and and building a name for ourselves. It's not about pastors or elders or deacons or ministry team leaders. It is all about Jesus and bringing honor to him. And if we will trust in Jesus, and if we will have even just a tiny bit of faith, if we will have just a tiny bit of faith in him, then impossible will be nothing for us. Impossible will be nothing. I got a little reminder that I want to give to you. I want to, who do I want? Could you help me, Ruth? Thanks, Ruth. Could you help me, Cassie? Thanks, Cassie. I got a little reminder here that I want to give to everybody. This is kind of something that we came up with. uh, My wife and I, Shannon made these and stayed up really, really late to make them, and I went to bed. It's the kind of supportive husband I am. This is a little mountain and I um, want to make sure everybody gets one of these. And on this mountain, there's two mountains. And glued to the mountain, make sure they get one with the seed on. Glued to the mountain is a mustard seed. And written on there is the words Matthew 17:20. Matthew 17:20. I want to read that for you. That's where Jesus said. I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So this little mountain is just for you. And I want you to put it somewhere where you're going to remember it. I want you to put it somewhere where you're going to see it every day. Maybe tape it to your bathroom mirror and like put it right there next to your bathroom mirror and you'll see that the, it's with just a tiny bit of faith you can move mountains. With a tiny bit of faith in the one who gives us faith, you can move mountains so put this somewhere you're going to see it maybe tape it to the dashboard of your car and people are like what's with the thing on your car you can tell them you know we got this at church and it just reminds me that if i have even a little bit of faith that god can do amazing things in my life and that's what this whole thing is about so this is a little reminder of this morning's message uh take it with you put it somewhere you're going to see it when you need that reminder of faith because remember great faith great faith is not about you and me it's not about us Great faith is not necessarily about the size of our faith. As Jesus said, even with a tiny bit of faith, we can move mountains. Great faith is about our great God. It's about the greatness of the God we serve. So when you feel tempted to put the weight of the world on your shoulders, just remember, it's not about you. When I feel tempted to put the weight of the world on my shoulders, it's not about me. When twinges of doubt start to creep in, and you start to doubt, you start to fear, you start to get worried, you start to freak out, remember, God is greater than our doubts, He is greater than our fears, greater than our weaknesses, greater than our failures, and He can use us to do mighty things for His kingdom. If we will believe Him, and if we will believe in Him, He can do amazing things in us, and He can do amazing things through us to change the world. So where is your faith placed? That's my question for you today as we get ready to to sing our song of invitation. Where is your faith placed? In what or in whom have you put your faith and trust? Is it in yourself? Is it in your church? Is it in your pastor? Or is it in the one who can make mountains move? And he can move any mountain to accomplish his will on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I do pray today that you would give us mountain-moving faith, that you would give us just even a tiny amount of faith, and that our faith would be placed where it belongs, in you and in your Son, Jesus Christ. I pray that you would help us to overcome the mountains, that you would move them out of the ways, those obstacles that stand in our way from truly surrendering to Jesus, that you would help us to overcome our fears, to overcome our doubts, to overcome our weaknesses and failures, to know that, God, you can use us Even if we have just a tiny amount of faith to do amazing things for your kingdom. And that's what we want to do. We want to reach more people for Jesus. Not to build a name for ourselves, not to glorify ourselves, but to bring glory to you. Thank you again for the gift of faith that you give to us. And thank you for sending your son Jesus to be our savior. We pray these things in his name. Amen.